Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Joining us here for episode number 46. Glad to have you back and joining us uh, for another episode and another week. I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, how are you? I am good. The sun is not totally up yet this morning, Tom. It is a little dark in Nebraska still. I have, I have the sunshine burning bright here in the Midwest. So, uh, you know, one of us, one of us uh, is a uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, or maybe both of us are. We'll see. <laughs> That's right. We are on uh, kind of opposite ends of the Midwest. I don't know if Nebraska fully falls into the Midwest, but yet doesn't fully fall into the West either. So I don't know. We're kind of in our own little land here. Yeah, I saw I saw something uh, from a barstool sports contributor yesterday who was discussing Midwest sports, and they literally circled uh, kind of like Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and I'm pretty much pretty sure that was it. And like even like the bottom half of like Illinois was cut off. So like if you were like <laughs> at the southernmost part of Illinois, you're no longer in the Midwest. Here um, in the South. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyways, we're not a geography podcast. <laughs> Seriously, every, two spot monkeys keeping you on your toes with those hot that hot content every week. That's right. Well, speaking of hot content, uh, we have a show to preview this week with NXT having in your house coming up on Sunday night, and of course we have our head to head competition that's been going on since January. And Tom has been uh, thoroughly whooping my tail in since, well, the last show. Anyways, it's been it had been really competitive up until um, Double or Nothing, and then it then it then it doubled, and I got nothing. But uh, and it's been and it's and it seemed it's gone quickly. Like I can't believe we're six months into this. Like absolutely, totally. Retrospectively, you're like, wow, we're here. So yeah, entering this weekend, uh, the standings are Tom 68 and 20, Jim 63 and 25, five match difference, previewing five matches today. I don't think we're going to have five differences, but we'll see. Um, this may decide it. Uh, and on that note, with uh, with ringside collectibles and Jazzwares releasing in-package images for the next AEW series yesterday, Penta El Zero Mieto looked very beautiful in black and gold. So that may be what I'm fighting for this weekend. I'd be fighting for Luchasaurus, but I don't think you can get him on ringside anymore. I've been entering a lot, or uh, what do I want to say, raffles on Facebook. And yeah, I've had good luck finding AEW in the store. We've talked about that before. So maybe I'll, maybe I will have good luck when those start hitting the, the shelves here in a month or so. But Anyways, figure, <clears throat> excuse me, got a frog in my throat this morning. Uh, figures will be uh, another conversation for another day, I'm sure. Or I'm sure they'll find their way into, into our conversation, as they always do. Um, and they just did. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, five matches down, five matches tonight, today. Um, like you said, I, I highly doubt that we'll have five differences. Uh, if we have too many differences and I lose them, though, yeah, we don't, I won't have much of a shot. Helena Cell right now, I think, has four or five announced matches and we'll be previewing that next week um and there's a couple more obviously that seem likely to be announced although again you know wb's got this really bad habit of not announcing a couple of their smackdown matches for pay-per-views until the day before or the friday before and we usually record lately it's been on friday mornings um so the odds are really good that there'll be at least a match or two we don't get to pick for hell in a cell if wb can't get their stuff together but that's a problem for another day, and we'll talk about that next week. WWE not having their stuff together is uh, that could be the title like, of our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Will when will they have their stuff together? Let Let me just give two sentences, and then we'll jump into NXT about about WWE because it irritated me this week. Uh, so Cedric Alexander, I, I mentioned to you in a previous chat that I wanted to say something. Cedric Alexander, you split apart he uh, you split apart the the hurt business, which first of all completely stupid that that had legs still had lots of places to go so you split apart our business okay fine dumb then you have cedric and, and shelton be part of that split as far as they split up as well you do their you do a match between them three weeks in a row on raw because of course we can't do anything new we have to do rematches a million different times you have cedric win two out of those three in not exactly dominating fashion by any means, but but you put him over. You put the newer guy over, which would be a great if you're going to break them apart. That makes sense. Use Shelton Benjamin, who's established. You know, he, he's a long term to put over the newer star. You know, 
Cedric's been a cruiserweight champion, but you're not have, don't have him in the cruiserweight division anymore. Help make Cedric. Could have done a better job of it, frankly, I think, in the way they did it on Raw in those couple of weeks, but they did it. So then they have Cedric come in and he fights Jeff Hardy, who hasn't been on Raw since the very beginning of May. And they have Hardy beat him and stand over him. Jeff Hardy doesn't need to win. Jeff Hardy could take a loss. That could have been a feud you started between Cedric and Jeff Hardy. Have Cedric cheat to win. And now you've got a thing and you're building Cedric because Jeff Hardy can help build him absolutely. And Hardy's Teflon. He'll be fine. Nope. You just beat Cedric. It's amazing that you have no new stars that mean anything. It really is. I also listened to the uh, Oral Sessions podcast, which is just a great name, uh, with the former Renee Young, uh, Renee Paquette, I believe is how you say her last name now. Uh, she had Tommy End, uh, the former Alistair Black, on this week. And it was a, it was a, it just made you shake your head and go, I don't get it how they don't get it with this guy. Uh, he, he went from at one point potentially helping The Undertaker at WrestleMania um, in what turned into the Boneyard match. It sounded maybe like that conversation was had before WrestleMania was, go, you know, had to go to the Performance Center. Potentially helping The Undertaker to about a year later, not having a job. Okay. Anyways, that could be a whole other podcast, and it probably will at some point. But let's get into head-to-head for NXT before I just get going off on WWE for everything they do. Um, again, five-match card. I, I think a pretty well-built five-match card. We kind of talked last week that it didn't feel, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or in our chat before, um, that it didn't feel like a card we were super excited about. What are you uh, What are you feeling going into this show, Tom? Yeah, so I definitely agreed that that was the kind of the attitude I was having before NXT TV this week. And it didn't do a whole lot to like get me more excited, but I liked the way that they built the matches better on Tuesday for this coming Sunday. And we'll talk about that as we get into the, the match by match preview in our picks. So um, my goal is to watch this live as, as our listeners know that you're like, Tom, you sound like, yourself you sound like a broken record and then they're gonna go let's wait till next episode episode 47 one time goes well i watched it on demand over three days and you know (laughs) four score and seven years ago (laughs) we do have some habits on two spot monkeys i'm sure that our listeners have picked up on and that might be one of them tom (laughs) (laughs) i i enjoy i liked i have seen i saw tuesday's uh nxt i just finished it up last night and uh i i liked that they they gave time to each match um, to build each match on that show. Because sometimes on take-home shows, not not necessarily in NXT, just in general, in wrestling in general, it feels like they build some of the matches, but then there's a couple more that they just, maybe you get a 30-second video about, or maybe you get a, you know, or um, AEW, to be fair, uh, before, it wasn't before Double or Nothing, but maybe before their last pay-per-view, I think. Or it might have been before Blood and Guts. But they, like, on their go-home show, they didn't even really... They said, to hear about the main event, watch the countdown show that's going to be on tomorrow. They didn't even really talk about the main event on the go. And I just... That's, a, I think, a terrible idea. But um, NXT didn't do that. And they don't do countdown shows either. So um, I understand AEW is trying to get you to watch another program, too. But I thought they did a nice job on Tuesday night of, of giving each match some some push and some reason to go, hey, I kind of want to see that on Sunday. Um, so good job, NXT. Well, let's see. I uh, am in the the trailing position here in the head-to-head competition, so that would mean I make the first pick uh, the way that we have traditionally, traditionally done things. I can talk sometimes. And we'll start off with Mercedes Martinez versus ILE. We didn't go over the order that I put these in, Tom. I apologize, but we'll just, that'll make it fun. Um, so Mercedes and Zyalee, uh, they've done a nice little job with this over the last couple of weeks. Um, I really liked, and you and I talked about this again at some point last week. I can't remember if it was while we were recording, but um, I like that they did the callback to the May Young Classic when these two faced each other. And Zyalee was the first, I believe it's the first, first May Young Classic. Um, and Zyalee was a very different competitor then. She was brand new, green as grass. Um, and you know, got beat and was embarrassed, I guess now is what we've learned. Um, 
I have to admit, I, I've always liked darker characters, which is kind of funny when you know my um, my history and my my life and things that I've done and, and things that I've done for work and things like that. But I've always enjoyed, <clears throat> excuse me, these darker characters like Tian Cha and, um, you know, The Undertaker and Aleister Black and um, Crow Sting, especially back in 97. Uh, I've always liked these darker characters. I don't know why. But, um, and I think Xia has done a really nice job in the ring of looking brutal, which I think that character needs to be the way that they've built it. Um, and, and I think she's done a phenomenal job in that. And I just, I don't know if we'll ever see, I know we've had one match where, uh, what is it? May, May Ying. Is that, that the creepy old lady's name? Um, I can't remember now, but, um, anyways, We've seen one match where she was in the a tag team match, but she never got in the ring. Uh, I don't know. I've heard that's Karen Q. Don't know if she'll ever get in the ring, but I've loved the whole Xylee build. Uh, Mercedes is really, really good in the ring. I like her better in NXT. Uh, kind of glad that she got away from that retribution. Uh, there it is. Haven't talked about it in a few weeks, but there, you know, got away from that early on. Um, kind of got the retribution stink off of her uh, quickly and everybody forgot she was even involved in it. So um, I think that was probably good for her career and uh, send her back to NXT where I think she's been really good. And I think she's going to be a very good veteran for Xyli to get an, an uh, important win over. Um, there's no way the way they built this, that you put Mercedes over um, and even wrestling one one Mercedes kind of had, even though Zaylee attacked her, Mercedes kind of had the last laugh on Tuesday, so that of course means she probably loses on Sunday, because um, that's just kind of the old school pay per view lead in way it goes. Uh, so Zaylee is my pick on this one, and I think it's going to be pretty good too. I think I'm looking forward to this match. Yeah, I agree. Zaylee is the pick here. Uh, it's interesting because Zaylee was in that kind of feud with Casey Catton Zero and Caden Carter, and that was going back and forth, back and forth, and then it seemed kind of. I don't want to say that it ended abruptly, but it seemed like it didn't kind of have a really solid conclusion. I, I want to say there was like s- that smoke blowing in the face kind of, you know, spot that they did. And I think Casey got hurt, if I remember right. Or Yeah, yeah. Well, and, it, and it was definitely part of the story, too, whether it worked or not. Um, but then it seemed like Xylee kind of disappeared from TV for a few weeks. Again, our crack research department here on Two Spot Monkeys didn't go back and kind of, you know, vet the information. Uh, yeah, we got to fire those guys. To, to bring you the, the, the hard facts. That being said, this, you know, Mercedes had that shot at the, the title, you know, was not successful, and then transitioned right into this. So I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really good match. I think it's going to be the most competitive match that Xylee has had. Mm-hmm. since uh, this new character um, under the faction uh, format. However, yeah, no way that uh, she loses. The interesting thing will be where does Xylee go after this? You know, do, do you continue to, like, who's the next kind of, like, gatekeeper star, if you will? Because I would say Mercedes is a gatekeeper here in this space. Mm-hmm. I, You know, if, if Raquel Gonzalez retains her title, Zaylee versus Raquel Gonzalez. I think it's too early to go that direction. So yeah, I think you need to give someone else to Zaylee um, in terms of a feud or whatnot. So we'll see. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think, and and perhaps even if Zaya wins this match, which again, both of us believe she will, maybe this isn't over after one, two. Maybe there's some reason why you know Mercedes wants another shot at her or something. Maybe it's a little hokey. Boa gets involved, you know may blow smoke in her face, you know, something um, to make this continue. Because I agree. I I, I think Zaylee is being built, and, and maybe we'll get to the point where we want to see her in the NXT women's title picture. But whether Raquel Gonzalez or Amber Moon wins that match, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I don't see Zaylee necessarily being next in line. Um, I think there's a, a number of other women that probably – jump her in that respect at this point, but I think she's got a good place and it seems like they're back invested in her. Cause yeah, she did kind of disappear there for a little bit too. Um, NXT has a, uh, what do I want to say? A wealth of riches in the women's division. Um, so I know it's, it's tough to get everybody on and uh, make everything seem like it has a point every week for every character, but uh, they do okay at it. 
But let's jump into another story. Oh, go ahead, Tom. No, I was just a case in point, Frankie Monet. Frankie Monet yeah. has a strong debut, and we haven't seen anything from her since. Right. Was Did she have a backstage thing two weeks ago, maybe, or something? But I thought maybe, maybe there was like a, a, a totally unimportant, like, oh, Frankie Monet is there um, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, totally case in point. Tony Storm, also case in point, was featured for about a month. Haven't seen her now in a little while, which is sad for lots of reasons. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we have now, we had a match announced previously of LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. And now on Tuesday, we had a uh, a pretty good segment, I thought overall, that uh, revealed that it will now be a ladder match, which is interesting because when I think guys in NXT that I would see in a ladder match, I got to admit, LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, not necessarily the two that I would go, oh, yeah, they, that makes sense. I mean, Grimes has been, I believe, in a ladder match for the North American title, maybe. Um, I feel like he's been in a ladder match anyways. Knight, I don't I, I don't recall Knight, certainly not in NXT, obviously, hasn't been in a ladder match, and I you know, don't have any strong memories of him being in ladder matches elsewhere, but I also, well, I've been a big fan of Knight, you know, didn't haven't seen a lot of Impact Wrestling over the last number of years, and, and so I, if he had some ladder matches there, I don't remember him. Um, but, um, so a ladder match for the million dollar championship, uh, obviously we're going back with that kind of prop title, um, looks gorgeous. It's always been, honestly, to me, it's one of the better looking titles, I think in WWE history, because it just fits since it's a gimmick title, really. Um, it fits the gimmick so well, like I loved it back in the day in the eighties, um, with Ted DiBiase, um. I did see a WWE poll about who's the greatest million dollar champion of all time. Um, and it had, you know, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, the ringmaster, of course, S- Steve Austin and Virgil were the four choices, uh, which I believe are the only four title holders, unless I'm forgetting something. I think uh, you're right. I think you're right. I, I think Virgil was the only one who ever beat DiBiase, quote unquote, for the title. There were other people he defended it against. It's trying to remember if Hacksaw ever had it for like a week, but um, he might have stolen it, but I don't think he ever won it. But uh, I mean, come on, it's Ted DiBiase Sr. The, the other three don't even count. Um, and and I'm highly doubting that LA Knight or Cameron Grimes is going to make me think that they're the greatest million dollar champion of all time either whenever this story runs its course. I, I've always, you know, I've been a big fan of LA Knight since he was Sean Ricker and was on The Rock's reality show and was in... Florida Championship Wrestling at that point, NXT or whatever, and uh, been a big fan of his for a long time. And I'm loving Cameron Grimes in this character. I don't know. It's just kind of hokey. Not kind of. Let's be honest. It's hokey. Um, But he's just, uh, uh, he's funny. I can go either way on this because... It's my pick first. So before it is you your pick see, first. So I can you, go your way on this, but I'd love to hear your pick. Before, yeah, before, you, get, before you get too far ahead of yourself oh, there. Literally, um, literally still this morning. Tom, <laughs> why am I previewing this match? Talk about it. No, it's all good. No, I, I, I liked, I think, I think we both could have seen this coming. I don't know about the ladder match piece. I did think they were going to reintroduce the million dollar championship. Uh, the fact that like they're, Ted DiBiase is like, you have to climb the ladder. I thought it was kind of weird and hokey in a way that Cameron Grimes was like, well, Ted, what am I going to do? What am I, what, what do I have to climb this ladder for? It, it almost seemed like DiBiase was supposed to have already said it. And Grimes was like trying to like, come on, we got to move along here, Ted. We got time. We're on live TV, buddy. <laughs> I hope that wasn't the case, but that very well could be right. Oh, Ted, Ted, DiBiase <laughs> missed his cue. Um, so, the idea of this match is gonna is exciting. I think it's gonna be a really fun match. And LA Knight, I think we both might agree, like very inauspicious start for him in NXT this go around. You know, he correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought he was kind of reintroduced, you know, takeover weekend or just before takeover weekend, kind of with interest in the crowd. Uh well he he kind of stormed the pre-show um of one of the takeovers and okay. cut a promo, which is a weird place for me to debut because I don't know, maybe it's because I don't watch the pre-show that I have the feeling that nobody does. Um, but I have the feeling that nobody does. And, and yeah. Or was it even back to the February takeover? It, it, it again, that's okay. So, right. So like, that's just it. Like he's been here now four months and you know, 
pretty quickly after that debut, he was putting over Bronson Reed. And he had kind of a mini feud with Bronson Reed. But Cameron Grimes kind of had an issue with Bronson Reed too. So knowing what we know now, Bronson Reed being North American champion, those guys, whether we knew it at the time or not, or could foretell it, those were being used as elevation tools to get Bronson Reed to the, to the spot he's in now. Um, again, that's, that's how you do pro wrestling. So I guess, you know, no big deal. It's just, it's surprising when you think of, you know, we, we, and we both agree Cameron Grimes ceiling is huge. Ceiling is high, very entertaining, amazing in the ring. Uh, LA Knight comes in with pomp and circumstance. And then sure enough, first month in, you're already taking a pinfall loss. So it seems like, you know, the, the the traditional kind of way that you'd bring in a star, quote unquote, new star to a territory and then bring them up or put them over for a while isn't isn't how NXT is really working. But they are in some ways, you know, Xylee, but Xylee's homegrown. I, I digress. Um, I, if you would have said to me four months ago, five months ago, uh, when this kind of Cameron Grimes thing started, and it's probably around that, it was kind of with the, the whole like GameStop stock mm-hmm. you know thing and then that became part of his story that he fell into this gimmick they did yeah that he'd be the baby face but and, and, and i don't know that he's that direct baby face but he's the de facto baby face here because of la Knight's cockiness um i'd have been like okay and again it's it, it's it's not been over they're not they're they're very clearly haven't made Cameron Grimes the baby face because he's not changed the way he's acting at all in terms of the money. And I, d- I will say the video before the in-ring segment with him burning a hundred dollar bill, lighting a cigar and then choking on that. And then having what appeared to be, you know, scotch or bourbon and then taking a sip and then, you know, acting like, Oh, this is great stuff. But he, you could tell he really hated it. That was really funny. And again, he's, he's really nailed this the, the entire time heading into the match on Sunday. I, I hope for a good match. I'm not worried about the Cameron Grimes end of it. LA Knight, on the other hand, again, fantastic on the mic. Side note, have you seen the uh, the the Car Shield commercials with Ric Flair? Yes. Okay. There's a there's like a spinoff one where LA Knight is yep. is is like the repairman. I don't know if you. I just wanted to make sure that you saw that because I just think it's funny because clearly that was recorded way before this opportunity came about. Um, and now it's and now that now now it's here and like they're getting the, the rub if if they think they are or not from a current NXT superstar. Um, but LA Knight needs to needs to bring up his side of of the equation in this match. So I'm going to be watching the match with eyes on that to see. And, and again, there, there's probably few people in NXT in in this kind of level beyond Cameron Grimes that could help. Night and plus they have the the gimmick of the ladder, which I just hope they're safe. But I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a little risky at times too because they're gonna want to earn their spot. Um, because LA Knight is the heel, and even though I think he's been late to this story because of Grimes and DiBiase kind of had their thing before this, uh, it it wouldn't make sense to me to have Cameron Grimes win this title uh, because I think he's the babyface. And again, I think him in that like desperation role of trying to prove himself continually beyond Sunday. Like, I don't think he gets validation Sunday. So LA Knight's going to be my pick to ascend to the top of the ladder, retrieve the title. Uh, And I think, I think this, this really, um, you know, they often say that the, the title doesn't make the talent, the talent makes the title. In this case, I think it's kind of maybe a, a dual situation. I think, I think, it benefits the title with it coming back, but it also is really going to benefit LA Knight in terms of how he's presented and how he carries himself. Uh, it's it's amazing to think this is a this is something that needs to boost his confidence, but I think that it will give him that additional kind of uh, skin in the game, if you will, by them giving this to him as um, as an as an opportunity. Yeah, <clears throat> um, totally agree with everything you said, Tom. Uh, the the idea of Cameron Grimes being the babyface is kind of funny. Um, but I also think he's just gotten over to a point where fans were cheering him and they were like, all right, we kind of got to go that direction. Um, but I like that they didn't change what he's been doing. Um, like you said, because I think that happens sometimes you get a, a heel character, whether they're even a dastardly heel or just kind of a, a little bit of a bumbling heel like Cameron Grimes. Um, and they get over. And so, WWE especially, but other companies too, decide, okay, we got to put them on the babyface side because people are cheering them. But then they take away 
everything that made the fans cheer them. Um, uh, don't do that. <laughs> so they did. They haven't here in NXT in this, and that, so I really appreciate that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see too. I don't expect this title to become an actual often defended title other than maybe, um, you know, if LA Knight does win and, and I'll just, you know, bear, not bury the lead here. LA Knight's going to be my pick as well, because I think it makes all the sense in the world for all of the same reasons you said, Tom, um, I, you know, he may say, Oh, I'll put this on the line, you know, and, but I don't think it's really going to become a title that NXT recognizes as a legitimate championship. In fact, that'll probably be part of the storyline of the, the um the commentator is saying you know this is not an official nxt title um it's just la night being bombastic and whatever i think one of the interesting things about choosing night versus grimes in this storyline has been to me you would put ted dibiase with somebody who needed a mouthpiece who needed to be able to talk um now honestly i say that and i think dibiase has had a couple of flubs um he, you just tell he's a little rusty maybe, which is interesting because DiBiase is one of the best talkers of all times in my, in my opinion. Um, and I mean, obviously can go, could go in the ring back in the day. Um, he is on my short list of guys who were never world champion who absolutely should have been. Okay. I know he was for like a day when Andre handed him the title, but um, Jack Tunney says that that was a vacation and so a big, vacating vacation vacating of the title so he never really was he's not recognized as wwe champion um he should have been champion at some point in that time frame and and they missed the boat never putting the belt on him but uh that's a again guys who should have won world titles that didn't would be a really interesting topic for us to co cover some week on this podcast um and dibiase would absolutely be on that list he's had some clubs in his lines Interesting to me in that neither of these guys need a mouthpiece, really. Um, they can both talk very, very well. They're both very good on the mic. Um, so, I don't know. Just a little interesting that they didn't pick maybe somebody who could have used that. But uh, then again, they, you know, put him with Steve Austin at one point, too. And we all know how that turned out for Steve. But at the time, Steve Austin wasn't known as a great promo. Funny how that worked. Um <laughs> That being said, they hired him based on what was happening in ECW and literally how he launched an ECW following the WCW uh, termination was the vignettes he was doing. Right, which were great. Which, which was all mic work. <laughs> right. Because he was shooting from the hip. Uh, again, I digress. And eventually they figured out, oh, wait, that character actually has some legs. Let's see what we can do with something like that. And off to the races, one of the, the best money makers they ever had. So... Um, but anyways, Steve Austin not involved in this match, uh, other than probably a reference as a former million dollar champion at some point on commentary. Um, LA Knight though. Yeah. Is my pick. Um, I, I hope this is good. I do. I I've liked, I've enjoyed the build to this because I enjoy both guys. Um, the ladder coming down from the heavens on Tuesday was a little weird. Cause it looked to me, if I remember right, like it came down instead of like if a ladder sits, you know, for those watching on YouTube, all three of you, um, like this. The ladder came down kind of like this and then like rotated into, I don't know. It just, I was like, all right, that's weird. Maybe it, maybe it had to be because if it would have been hanging normally, you would have seen it in the camera shot or something probably. But um, I don't know how tall those, the ceilings are there in the uh, CWC, but anyways, it was kind of funky. And I agree. I, in some ways, I hope that it was that DiBiase missed a cue for that line we were talking about earlier about what am I doing, Ted? What am I climbing this ladder for? Um, because if not, it was a terribly written line and that writer should be maybe in the next round of releases. I don't know. Don't, don't release Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Release the idiot who wrote that line. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a bad line. Well, let's move into a match that was just made this last week official. Um, has been has been being built. Um, I'm not, it's not surprising they went this direction, um, but it is a way that uh, we kind of talked about at one point last week, again, can't remember if we were recording or not, that it was weird that we didn't have a tag or a North American title shot match on this card when both had um, situations going on around their, their titles. So it wasn't like they just didn't have anything to do on this takeover, but uh, because takeovers are five matches, and only five matches, apparently, because we just can't do a sixth. Um, 
we're going to get a winner take all six man tag match. Interesting. We've seen things similar to this before. Um, been a little while, not in NXT, I don't think, but uh, been a little while. But we have Bronson Reed, the North American champion, and MSK, the tag team champions, versus all three members of Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar, Ra Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild for the North American and tag titles. Presumably, Santos Escobar becomes the North American champion when if they win, not when they win. I don't know why I said that. If they win and uh, Raul and Joaquin become the tag champions, presumably. They didn't make it like, you know, whoever pin, whoever you pin, you win their title kind of thing, um, which they've, I've seen in other matches like this. But I digress. This is my first pick. Yes. Okay. Double checking that before I just launch into talking about things. Um, I, I like all six of these guys. So this should be really, really good. Legato is really good as a six-man unit. We've seen that before. Um, MSK is going to fly all over, and Bronson Reed is going to be a heck of a base for everybody to bounce off of. Um, so this should be actually really, really fun, I think. I, if this isn't something that's super enjoyable at the end of the match, I'll be a little bit surprised um, because this should be this should be a lot of fun. Bronson Reed just won the North American title a month ago, maybe. Again, that crackpot uh, research team not doing their job this week. But uh, an MSK just won the titles uh, at the last takeover, if I remember right. Um, Tom's nodding. So at least one person did a little, or has a memory, at least. Um, so so both of these are new, fairly new champions. Santos has lost the Cruiserweight title and seems to have moved out of the Cruiserweight division, which I love. Um, he was great as Cruiserweight champion, but I do think Santos Escobar has more... Um, to give this business than just in the cruiserweight division. And I don't mean that to be a knock on the cruiserweight division. I just think um, Santos can rise beyond that division because of the way that WWE has defined that division. If you're in the cruiserweight division, you're only competitive when you're in the cruiserweight division, unless, you know, unless you're as long as you're taking on other cruiserweights. If you come to NXT for any other reason, see August Gray and Jiro on Tuesday night, you are jobbers. Uh, Sad to say, just the way it is, which is why I really hope that at some a don't bring Ari Sterling to NXT until you're ready to move him either into a title situation with Kushida or something down the road, or you're ready to move him out of the cruiserweight division and, and do something else with him because I'm a very I'm very high on him, and uh, I don't want to see them just you know have him get beat by Santos and LA Knight and other people randomly that don't matter. Uh, that are in, in matches that don't matter, I should say. Not those people don't matter. In matches that don't matter. Anyways, different problem, different day. This match, like I said, I think it's going to be really fun. Um, it, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. If you don't do the title switch here, I kind of feel like Raul and Joaquin are done as challengers for a while. Like, they've had, you know, a shot. They've been around them. They might have even had two shots. Um I can't quite remember. I think just one. But um, they've been around the titles numerous times, even before just MSK, and they've never pulled through. So what do you do with them after that? Um, Escobar, this is his first kind of non-cruiserweight feud. So do you have him not when the – I think it's interesting they moved him right into the North American title picture. I mean, there was no build from cruiserweight to North American title. They just went, bloop, you're going right into that picture. Wow, Okay. Uh, makes him important in, in the grand scheme of NXT, which I think he already was. But what do you do if he doesn't win the title? And yet, both Bronson... I, I don't think you do Bronson Reed any, especially any favors if he loses the title this quickly. Um, and I don't think you do MSK any favors if they lose the titles either. So I, Bronson Reed and MSK are going to be my pick. Um I'm not thrilled about that pick, and I wouldn't be shocked if I'm wrong. It'd be a low confidence when I do my pickums on our on our fantasy board. But I just think, and I think Bronson Reed probably pins one of um, Raul or Joaquin. I don't. Maybe he doesn't pin Santos, so Santos still has a reason to keep coming after him um, and keep that feud going. Um, we've talked about before. I'm I'm huge on Santos. I've mentioned it already here. He's actually the here we go with the figure talk. He is the one figure I still have on pre order. Um, at one point, I had nine or ten figures on pre-order, and everything's come in now over the course of the last eight months. 
Um, and Santos's Elite is the one I have left coming up in a couple of series. So looking forward to getting that figure someday. Um, but uh, Bronson and MSK are going to be my pick here. Tom, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. This is probably the match, to be perfectly honest, that it'll probably be my one, to be honest, because it's the one that I feel least uh, confident about who I'm picking. I'm glad you made the point uh, about uh, who takes the pinfall because that's really that 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 is important here in this match to me because of future the way it develops after this show and all that also is going to be the case in the main event which we'll talk about um, and again I'm presuming the five ways in the main event yeah uh, I it, it to me it would be very foolish to remove the titles. I, I understand the 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 winner take all kind of thing, but I think we got here too early. I would have maybe preferred like Lucha rules two out of three falls or some other um, thing to build this longer. Uh, I I think that you know Legado del Fantasma as the team of Wild and Mendoza really have already proven that they kind of are out of the running for the tag titles. So this is kind of like their Hail Mary, if you will, especially when I think that we have the winner of next Wednesday's match in a tornado tag rules between Grizzled Young Veterans and Ciampa and Thatcher as the next challengers to whomever is champions coming out of Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, who knows how quickly that will materialize or not materialize. I, I agree with you that in my opinion, Reed and MSK win, and the, and the way that Reed and Santos remains an issue is because Reed's going to get the pinfall win over one of the tag wrestlers. I think it's Mendoza, personally. Um, and, and that's how this continues beyond. Again, you know, whatever happens with Wild and Mendoza, I don't know. Maybe they're just guys in suits that are back up uh, Santos when he challenges Bronson Reed. Um, the, the titles in NXT are really interesting because you either have really long sustained reigns um, and then you, it's a surprise when it's lost. Like for example, like I didn't expect Bronson Reed to beat Johnny Gargano when he did. Right. However, it made perfect sense in the grand scheme of things. And you can go after it happens, you're like, ah, yeah, well, I understand that. It makes sense. Uh, the title switching here. I guess if he doesn't win it in the cage. Where does he win it? Right. I right. Mean, right. Right. Yeah, and title switching here just wouldn't make sense to me. So that's why my pick is Reed and MSK. I, right. oh, I, and I'm sorry, one more point I just wanted to make. I know it's winner take all. I almost kind of wish it was instead of that, like the double jeopardy, which is not it's 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 the same but different. Like for example, if Escobar pinned Wesley or Nash Carter, does Escobar become a tag champ? Right. right. And then does he choose which and then which member of Legato does he choose? Or do they do the Freebird rule? Or if Reed, uh, well, actually, it wouldn't go the other way. So, um, or if Mendoza or Wild pin Reed, or do they become North American champion? I wish that was kind of fleshed out here. Again, I saw this match as a six-man tag coming a couple weeks ago, I think, or I feel. Uh and I understand like adding the, the adding the kind of the stip with the titles being on the line puts juice into the match. I, I think we could do an over under here on how many times will the commentator say and fill in the blank of name of champion here, Bronson Reed or MSK doesn't even have to get pinned to lose their titles in this match. It's going to be a lot. Um, it's going to be a lot. Every time there's a near fall on one of the other champions, it's going to be, Oh, Bronson Reed almost lost his North American title and he wasn't even the legal man in the match or, you know, yeah. I, I fear for how many times if, if we made that a drinking game, you won't get to see the next few matches. Um, but, um, don't, so don't do that folks. Don't do that to yourselves. Especially if this is the opener. Uh, it, and it could be, <laughs> um, and, and coincidentally, I will let you know that, um, our, our friends, uh, Mike and Joe over at the take three podcast, um, have a, a pro wrestling scorecards, which is a new website, apparently, um, game going on. And that is one of the, the things you have to predict about takeover is, the match order. Um, I did not put this on first. I don't think if I remember right. And maybe I did actually. I don't remember. I did it yesterday. Things happen. Um, but I, I think it definitely could be the opener. Um, 
In fact, I think I did have it as the opener. Now that I'm looking at it, either the, to me, either that or the latter match will be the opener. Um, and then you do Mercedes Zaya probably right after whatever the opener is to kind of be a let up towards more. Uh, but anyways, match order. Hmm, fun. All right. So, Tom, you're going to get the first pick on uh, the NXT Women's Championship match. Raquel Gonzalez. And it does appear they're going to use both of her names still, which is good. Last week, there was a little like, are they only going to call her Gonzalez? Please don't do that. Stop doing that, WWE. Um, which they haven't done in NXT as much. Um, it's definitely been a Vinceism, uh, but thankfully it doesn't look like they're doing that here. Uh, versus Ember Moon. <clears throat> Ember Moon. Um, Tom, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, same. Uh, this this is going to probably be my five on our confidence points for our fantasy league that we're in. We do pickums as well. Uh, Ember Moon, when she came back, A, I was surprised that it was Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been an interesting build. I think it's not the same as LA Knight in terms of that build, but it's also not maybe what you would have potentially predicted with her coming back, especially after such the long layoff and then also having been away from NXT before coming back. That being said, what she's done, she's done well. And, uh, you know, the, the tag team with Shotzi probably isn't done, but it's on hold now with this. I, I didn't enjoy in real life. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy the fact that Ember Moon didn't go over clean on Dakota Kai on Tuesday to give this a little bit more build. Uh, I don't think that would have hurt Dakota Kai, but clearly they didn't do that. They had Raquel interfere to cause the, the finish which puts heat on Raquel and makes you want to see Ember get revenge. And she kind of did a little bit with some moves. Uh, unfortunately, that revenge, I don't think is going to materialize on Sunday. So Raquel Gonzalez is going to be my pick uh, to retain her title. I, I look forward to them having a really strong match. I think Raquel Gonzalez in the first half of 2021 has been one of the, uh, I don't want to say a surprise because I believe we saw this coming. We saw her elevation coming towards the end of 2020. That being said, she's she's really been able to have uh, a spotlight and and really own that and, and validate her role there. Uh, and that's really exciting to see when you think about, you know, you talked earlier about Zia Lee and the Mae Young Classic and Mercedes Martinez and how that's tied in. You know, think back to Raquel Gonzalez as Reina Gonzalez in the Mae Young Classic and look at who she is now. I know I've made that point before. So that's exciting. Absolutely. And and you're 100% right that Raquel Gonzalez, one of the success stories in NXT over the last year, without question. Um, yeah, when she was Reina Gonzalez, and even when she came in as Dakota Kai's kind of hired muscle, I didn't I didn't see this. Um, it became fairly apparent fairly quickly that they thought they had something in her. But I, I didn't see it um, until I believe the war games might have been the first time where I was like, okay, there she's she's coming along pretty well here. And uh, I mean, she's, she's great. She's great in the ring. She understands. She doesn't try to be something she's not also. She's a, she's a power wrestler. She's a, she's a big, strong woman um, who doesn't try to, she's not trying to do 50 different flips and, and flying around. And, and she's even not trying to be, you know, super technical. Um, And I appreciate that because sometimes I think, especially younger wrestlers can get into this mindset of, Oh, I have to do that. I have to do whatever, whoever they kind of aspire to be like, and whoever they look up to, I have to be that. Well, no, be yourself. And I think Raquel Gonzalez has figured that out really well. And NXT has figured that out really well and booked her in a way that's been really strong. Um, You know, even her kind of pose of showing off the ridiculous back muscles, you know, and how, I mean, that's different than what we see from, I really any wrestler, not even any female wrestler, any wrestler, you know, so that gives her something different where she has the title over, over her, the back of her shoulder, you know, and does that. I think it's, it's just, the presentation is really good. I think the question here becomes, is this where Dakota Kai eventually turns? Because that's coming. Um, Raquel Gonzalez is going to be a baby face at some point here because she's getting way too many cheers and Dakota Kai's character, they've dropped little, um, Could be red herrings, but little hints along the way of is Kai jealous of um, Raquel Gonzalez and Kai's character as she currently sits 
would be jealous of Raquel Gonzalez. I almost thought it was going to happen, honestly, at the end of NXT when Raquel was tending to Dakota Kai. I thought she was going to at least get pushed away, maybe not get turned on, but at least start really showing that dissension. Um, But I think it could happen here. The only way I see Ember Moon winning this match is if it's by DQ. Dakota Kai comes in and, and attacks her. And then Raquel's mad about, hey, why did I didn't need you, you know, to help me? What are you doing? I could see that. I don't want to see that on TakeOver, though. Um, and NXT has been pretty good about not giving us kind of schmozzy finishes like that on TakeOvers. So I don't think that happens here. But it would be the only way I could see Ember winning. I, there's There is no planet that Ember Moon walking out with that title right now makes sense. Um, down the road, could Ember be champion again? Sure, they they can build Ember Moon back to that without a whole lot of struggle um, because she has been pretty successful um, so far, but she has been in the women's tag division for the most part too. Um, giving her a couple of singles wins before they did this might've been smart, um, but they didn't do that. Like, um, two, like Tuesday. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was a win, but it wasn't a clean win. But it wasn't dominant in any way. She, the only eclipse she hit was kind of that strange out of the power bomb, which I'm not really sure. It, okay, I'm going to go into not suspending my disbelief for a moment here, and and I know that's dangerous because it's wrestling. But if you think about how Raquel Gonzalez has someone up for that power bomb, how does Ember even really slip out to hit the the stunner out of that? Like without Raquel going, okay, I'll drop my arm. Um, I don't know. Like it, it looked funky to me. I get what they were going for, but it didn't, didn't land for me. And then, and then kudos to Raquel Gonzalez for selling it. Like she got hit with the full eclipse, but I mean, what else could she do at that point? She had to sell it, but it just, it didn't look great. Um, that being said, maybe that's wrestling one-on-one again. Ember Moon got the, the stunner. Raquel gets the win on Sunday. I mean, there's no no way that moves. So uh, just for the record, four for four, we have the same picks. I think we're going to have the same picks. On the, I think we're going to go five for five, but maybe we're not. You're, you have a smirk on your face, Tom. Well, um, the, smir- the smirk isn't – I mean, it's going to have to do with the main event because I think that's going to be a rich conversation. But before, I, I forgot to make a point when we previewed the six men. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned Hit Row. Because there was an in-ring uh, transition with Hit Row before Swerve Scott fought Killian Dane. And, again, maybe that was foreshadowing that Hit Row is headed for Bronson Reed and MSK, which Hit Row has a tag team of Top Dalla and Ashanti. Eh, I can, I can leave that versus take that. But they've I'm only sure. had one match so far, so I, you do need to build them as a team more. Right. Uh, and, and Swerve and Reed have a lot of history. so. You know, it's not that I I will never advocate for more uh, titles in WWE and or NXT because the landscape is full as it is. But if there was ever the the right opportunity for a six man tag title situation, Hit Row would be great for that. Now, I don't know how long, but at least for now. But I think the ceiling still remains incredibly high in Swerve Scott. That guy, you know, a year ago when they were doing the cruiserweight kind of G1, you know, uh, bracket system, uh, you know, he was the one guy that pinned Santos Escobar. Uh, yeah. And and that's never been uh, – I, I don't think that's ever been materialized. I, they had a, maybe a small feud last fall where that did get – you know, they didn't call back to it by any means. But um, that type of stuff. You know, I can't remember – Two weeks ago, what happened on NXT? But I can remember this: where Scott beat Santos Escobar a year ago. When he wasn't even Santos Escobar yet. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, and you and I have talked about. We both really enjoy the Hit Row presentation. Um, yeah, I think if, if Top Dalla and uh, and Ashanti are going to go for the tag titles, um, they need to get a few more wins and especially beat beat some teams that mean something um, along the way, or at least a team that means something along the way. Uh, but I, I love the presentation. I, I've i enjoyed the little bit I've seen out of Top Dalla. I think Ashanti's always been good. Um, Brianna, I think is the young lady's name, um, has played her role well. I think it'll be interesting to see if she, you know, ends up becoming a competitor in the women's division. I would assume she's training for that. Um, 
Although I will also say if, if she's, and I'm totally guessing here, if she's not ready in the ring yet, though, I think she's fine in the presentation the way she is right now. And done, then don't put her in the ring because that will bring, if she's not ready, that would bring her down from the level I think she's already gotten to. Um, so don't put her in the ring until she's ready, if that's the case. Um, maybe she is ready and they're just, you know, hedging their bets and, and not kind of doing everything all at once, which is also probably a good idea. But uh, six-man titles actually would be kind of fun in NXT. It seems like there's enough little factions and pockets. It's not quite AEW where everybody gets a faction. But um, I, I saw a meme that had Tony Khan. And by the way, just a real quick aside, I watched on YouTube last night the summit they had on impact with Tony Khan, Scott Demore and Scott Demore and um, Don Callis about their, the title situation. I like Tony Khan. He's not good on the mic. He's just, he kind of rambles. I mean, he, he very much sounded like he does at some of those pressers where you're like, he's having six different conversations right now. Um, like he's, he's just kind of popcorns all over a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. I don't Tony Khan needs to not be a TV character. And he was, he almost seemed like he was playing one on impact last night, which was a little bit like cringeworthy a little bit anyways. But I saw a meme that said, it had Tony Khan's face and it said, you get a faction and you get a faction and you get a faction. I was like, it is kind of that way right now in AEW, but NXT has kind of got some of that. I mean, you've had some factions even that weren't, named factions like before Danny Birch got hit you had Pete Dunn, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and, and Dunn and Lorcan are still you know buddies at least helping each other they're not as much of a team as they once were a unit but um, everybody's kind of got friends and that's good you need friends in the world of pro wrestling well let's talk about the NXT uh title match and it's my pick first yes um five matches that makes sense it's an odd number Jim I can do math the NXT five-way uh, title match. Karrion Cross defends against Adam Cole, Bebe, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, and Johnny Gargano. As a, as a rule, I don't love massive multi-man matches for world titles. Um, because I think you're burning through. A, you can set up a lot of things through them, Yes like you do even with the Royal Rumble sometimes or Battle Royals and things like that, you can set up a lot of things, but you're also burning through a lot of matches. Like, I want to see Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole for the title. I want to see Karrion Cross versus Kyle O'Reilly for the title. I'd like to see Karrion Cross versus Pete Dunn. I'm going to see it all on Sunday night. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you've got a number of title defenses here that I think could be programs in and of themselves. And then, of course, not just Karrion Cross versus all of those people, but, you know, Adam Cole versus each of those folks, which we've obviously seen Cole and O'Reilly recently. Um, and Cole was quick to remind us he's already beaten Johnny Gargano. He's already beaten Pete Dunn. I thought his promo was great. I mean, and let's be shocked that Adam Cole had a good promo, right? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't done any rankings recently because I just don't have time in my life. But um, if Cole isn't top five promos in the business right now, maybe top th two or three, maybe the best. I mean, he's got to be up there. Um, your, comment, your comment made me think of an image that, like, in your house, like, you open your closet to go get ready for the day, and you have a sheet on the wall, and it's like, Jim's top five promo rankings. <laughs> You've been in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> um, so, um, well, and maybe I fall into um, early on in the something to wrestle, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard um, history, I guess, for lack of a word. Um, it kind of became a running joke that when they were talking about tag teams, um, Conrad Thompson would ask him, you know, where do you rank the Freebirds in in your overall tag teams? And he'd go, oh, definitely top five. And he said it so many times that it then became a running gag. I think they even had a T-shirt out for a while that said, like, top five wrestling tag teams. And it listed, like, every tag team ever that had been in wrestling. Um, and, and I know I can get into that hyperbole, too. You know, this has got to be one of the top five promo guys. And I probably told you 30 guys are the top five promo guys. But I'm a huge Adam Cole fan, and his promo was great. Um, the And the only slight bad part, so let's talk about the build a little bit. They had that pull-apart thing at the end, which who didn't see that coming, right? Of course, that was going to happen. Um, before Adam Cole showed up and surprise super kick carrying Cross, Cross looked to the side. He side-eyed real quick. 
um, waiting to see if Cole was there yet. And I was like, oh, they caught that right on camera. That was so terrible. Um, I mean, it didn't take me totally out of it, but I was like, okay, Adam Cole's coming. Um, I wish that wouldn't have happened. Uh, so Karrion Cross is interesting for me. I've been a fan of the guy as a character. I love Karrion Cross. Again, back to this old dark thing, right? Um, dark characters. I really like him as a character. He's yet to have that match in NXT that I think we're so used to out of NXT champions. And I feel like we talked about this last takeover, maybe two a little bit. Um, one of the things I've really noticed lately is some of the elbows he throws look really soft. Um, and I get he's trying not to just concuss a guy and kudos. You're not supposed to try to hurt the guy, but it's supposed to look like you're trying to hurt the guy. And I think he's still, I don't know, you got to figure out how to throw that really hard and then pull it up at the last second and not, you know, whack the crap out of somebody. or be Chris Hero and whack the crap out of somebody and it looks good. Um, except actually he's probably very safe. But it looks but but there again, Chris Hero throws forearms all the time. I assume he's not actually hurting guys or people wouldn't like working with him, but they look like he's killing the guy. <laughs> Karen Crosses don't. They look they look like he's pulling them up short. Um, then don't do that spot. Come up with a different one. Come up with something that looks better. Um, so he's yet to have that match where I'm like. Oh yeah, that's that's the guy. Now, not everything has to be Andrade versus Johnny Gargano, Gargano, Alistair Black versus you know some of those NXT title matches that were just blow away phenomenal matches, or Andrade versus Drew McIntyre, or um, can you tell him hi on Andrade? Um, I I don't know. I'm waiting for that. I don't think this is going to be it because I it's pretty rare that a five-way is going to be one that I'm like, oh, that was match of the year because there's just too much that has to happen. And there's going to be probably too much of two or three guys laying on the ground on the floor while two or three guys work in the ring and then they get knocked out and those guys come in and, you know, five ways just get a little cluster. And it's not even a ladder match, which is fine. I'm good with that. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this match because I like all five guys. Cross you can't take the belt off cross in a five way to me. I mean, you could, because it gives him all the protection in the world of, he doesn't, again, he doesn't have to take the fall to lose the title. Um, I just don't, I don't think it's time to take the belt off cross, but I'm starting to get slightly concerned about Ken cross. When cross came in, I thought he could be a future WrestleMania main eventer down the road. If they don't bring him up from NXT and then ruin him like they do almost everybody that they bring to the main roster. Another podcast. Um, but I, I don't know. It's not totally clicking for me when the bell rings before the bell rings. Love everything he does. Love. It. I thought his promos were good. I like, I do think he's still trying to though latch into exactly what character he is because at times he's the devil and at times he's like a mafia boss kind of. And at times he's, I don't know. He, I think he is still latching into who is carrying cross too. But um, so I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there about carrying cross. I do think he's keeping the title. Uh, I'm interested to see though, where do we go out of this? I, your point about who takes the fall here um, again on our friends over at take three podcast. That's one of the things you have to predict. I predicted Pete Dunn to take the fall because in looking at it, as much as I don't love that because I like Pete Dunn, um, I don't think you pin Adam Cole because I think there's more to tell in that story. Um, I wouldn't pin Kyle O'Reilly personally. I do think you could pin Gargano. I think he's pretty Teflon. I don't think it would hurt him at all. Um, Gargano is over like Rover at this point. Um, and I don't, don't think a loss would hurt him, but I, I kind of feel like, if you said which one of these is not like the other, Pete Dunn feels like that to me. And I hate that I feel that way because I like Dunn. But um, I'm going to go cross pinning Dunn. Not that we're picking, not that we have to pick who's getting beat, but you had brought it up. And I, I do think it's an interesting conversation piece in this match. So what are you thinking, Tom, about this match? I'm, I'm curious because I know you, it sounded like you have a lot to say here. Yeah, no, I'm going to I'm gonna share a lot of the same opinions that you were bringing to the table. First and foremost, let's start with just carrying cross and his presentation. You know, to me, it's been the tale of two kind of stories for him with his NXT run. I, when he debuted around a year ago or so, 
loved it, loved him, presentation, the way he was being built. I want to say he ran through being rough and remember, I, you, I, you know, it was very vivid about how he was doing that Saito and I was like, when he hits that on Bronson Reed, it's going to be sick and then he eventually did uh, or someone of that same size and then he runs through Ciampa and then Ciampa was, was kind of in the background and not present for a while, which was a good elevation for Cross and then he gets to Keith Lee and he wins and that was like kind of like the trajectory and then shoot, the shoulder injury happens. And so it's like a restart. And that restart didn't do him any favors. And so when he's come back here in 2021, it's not been the same in terms of the feeling I have, the presentation. It was a bad restart. And I understand the restart had to happen because of the injury. His first match when he beat Finn Balor for the title was okay. Didn't it, it was not something that I'm like incredibly memorable. The rematch I actually thought was a, was a lot better, which is surprising because they had less time. But I think the format for how they brought it on that NXT TV for me at least it landed uh, uh, landed better than the other match. But he, I think, I think you're right. He's still kind of I, who is the identity, who is the character of Karrion Cross, and what does that mean? And then beyond just like that the strong character or the developing strong character, you have to bring it in the ring. So these four that are opposing him are some of the best in NXT and arguably some of the best in the world. So if you're looking to have a really great blow away match, here's the spot to do it. And I, my pick is Karrion Cross to retain. I don't see how you move the title here, especially because of the elements of the people who were involved. If if you would say, if you said to me, there's no way that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly don't have a secondary match this year, coming off of their takeover match, WrestleMania weekend, I'd go, you're crazy. They have to. That there's no way that that you can watch what's been going on and think that this feud is over, even though it hasn't been the focal point everything between the two is simmering. And I think that we get that back here, even though I think that Kyle O'Reilly is the eventual person that unseats Karrion Cross. When, how, and where, I don't know that. And I don't want to get down that path yet. Johnny Gargano seems like a guy without a real story. Um, as I was listening to you and thinking about this, I go, gosh, you know what? It's almost a shame that Gargano and Austin Theory don't like really make a concerted effort to do a tag run because I think them versus MSK could be money. And I, and I hadn't thought about that until I was listening to you kind of give your take on this match. So I could see Gargano, even though I don't think I, I I'm going to agree with you and think, I think Pete Dunn is the guy that takes the pinfall. So it's ironic that we have that same view there. Um, my thought though is uh, Pete Dunn is the guy that loses the, the title here because he's the guy that needs to be protected uh, the least. And I also think that there's a Pete Dunn, Bobby fish, feud or match that happens so dunn gets the win right back uh in that bobby fish feud so even though he goes down here he's going right back up as bobby fish elevates him in the next in the next space the other big question i'll say here is just where's finn balor at and also and not only that where's finn balor not that i need him here or, or he needs to interact with any of these guys this is a spot where you're going okay is the top of the card in nxt getting a little stale could it could it use a refresh? I think I think it could. Um, you know, you mentioned Chris Hero. Gosh, it's it's a darn shame that Chris Chris Hero isn't in NXT again. I know that I've got rose colored glasses when it comes to all things Chris Hero, uh, Cassius Sono, what, what what have you. But I think he would be someone that you could build in stature and in match quality that could be a great person to oppose carrying cross. Again, the million-dollar question, maybe not the million-dollar question, but the big what-if or the big where is he is, gosh, where's Keith Lee? You know what? Keith Lee never got a shot to to go to to get the title back in NXT and or get the rematch with Karrion Cross. I don't know what he's been doing. I know he's he's been active somewhat on social media, so the guy's alive, and I'm going to guess that the guy's moderately healthy, if not very healthy. If you're not using him on Raw or SmackDown, which you're clearly not, Shift him over here. He could be again, and he's an NXT original, for lack of a better, but uh, lack of a better word, right? So, yeah, you know, it wouldn't hurt to cycle some guys, you know, in this main event scene 
uh, to freshen up the top of the card. Again, I'm not opposed to the guys that are here. I just think like, you know, you go, where do you go next from here? Right. So no matter how the outcome of this match happens, let's say it plays out like we both agree. Cross pins Dunn, so Dunn's out of the title shot. Colin O'Reilly go off and do their thing. I don't I don't see Karrion Cross versus Gargano, and I don't see Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor. So then who? That's the question as well. Cameron Grimes to the moon, baby. Uh, yeah, no, probably not that either. Um, no, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and, and maybe that's part of my like, eh, about five ways too, is it's like, okay, he, he has a win now over all four of them, even if he only pins one of them. I mean, yeah, you can play the, well, I didn't get pinned or, you know, or I was going to, you know, what you could do is Kyle O'Reilly, for instance. Well, I was going to win the, t- I was just about to win the title and then Cole does something that, you know, stops him. And so then obviously they have their thing, but O'Reilly still has the, well, I had you beat Cross, but Cole super kicked the referee because a five-way will be no DQ for no stupid reason. Um, talked about that last week with the three-way, but uh, in AEW, but. And, 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 and to your point about Adam Cole, again, he is an amazing promo. And he's the one guy who, um, out of all of these, he is the actual, the shiniest star of them all. Yes. So, so you know, you don't want to just give him the title because he's the biggest star and he's the biggest and best talent. But unfortunately, and not unfortunately, maybe unfortunately for NXT um, and not unfortunate for Cole, he just is. But again, like, is he the biggest fish in this really small pond? Um, or is he the biggest fish that can go in any pond? It, but, and, and, I, and, I, and I temper that statement only to say I don't want him to go to Raw or SmackDown because he's going to get lost. Right. And I'm right there with you. And the worst part is, though, too, because he's held the title a few times and because he has beaten most of these guys again, as he said on Tuesday night, I also don't think if you put the title on him, like, it's not – there's nothing fresh right now. Um, because, like you said, the, he's had the O'Reilly thing. He's beaten Dunn. He's beaten Gargano who would be the, who are the matches that you're like, Oh, I really want to, I, I want to see Adam Cole versus these guys. Um, they don't have those guys right now. So I, I think it'll be interesting. I also think um, without, let's go, not go too down the rabbit hole because I know you've got a meeting here to go to Tom, but um, there's a lot of talk that there were Bruce Pritchard and others were at the performance center scouting NXT talents to bring up to freshen up the main roster. If they bring up, some of these five gentlemen, yeah, I think your question of the top of the card in NXT could become very interesting and very, oh boy, let's see who let's see who can step up if that happens. Um, apparently, they were looking for personality. So, I mean, I think you've got personality in spades in a few of these gentlemen. So, uh, be interesting to see if they do pull any of these guys to the main roster. But uh, that being said, uh, we've had a good tight one hour and almost eight minute conversation here, uh, which is good. We didn't go totally Broadway on you guys. Uh, Next week, we'll be back uh, with a chance to look at In Your House, and we'll also be previewing whatever WWE bothers to tell us is happening at Hell in a Cell uh, before that time. (laughs) Yay, WWE and their pay-per-view announcing methods. And our picks are are chalk across the board. so. So you will have a five match lead going into Hell in a Cell no matter what happens. Yeah. So, and again, and that's not anyone's fault other than WWE for being somewhat predictable. And again, let's hope that when we come back next week, we have some some surprising takes because what we thought might happen didn't actually happen in reality. Right. No, absolutely. And and there were just no matches on here where I felt like, well, I could go either way on this, so I'm going to go contrary into you to try to catch the point. I'm also behind five matches, so I need to be very careful about doing that and not bury myself six, seven, or eight behind. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a tough spot I'm in, but that's okay. Hell in a Cell, you know, doesn't even have five matches, I don't think, announced right now. So this might be over after this because we might not even get to pick enough matches. But anyways. It's all good. We appreciate everyone joining us. Have an awesome week, and we look forward to coming back to recap this show in your house, in your house, or in your car, or wherever you listen to this, and talking about Hell in a Cell next week. Take care, everybody. Take care.